0: So I was really scared going in, um, especially when my psychic was getting to this location and she pulled me aside and said, Whatever's in there is already targeting you, it wants you.
1: Hello there and welcome to episode 38 of Your Ghost Stories. I'm mega excited to chat with today's guest, Stephen Bailey of The Night Owl True Ghost Stories. Stephen began his podcast in 2017 and has since gained a loyal fan base, and it's clear to see why. The Night Owl is an excellently well produced podcast with some fascinating stories. And I must say, Stephen is a truly inspirational host and podcaster. So welcome to the show, Stephen. If you could, please tell us a little bit about yourself and the premise of the Night Owl podcast. Of course. Thanks for that
0: awesome intro. I really appreciate those kind words. Um, I'm Stephen and I host the Night Owl True Ghost Stories podcast based in Austin, Texas. Uh, but we have traveled a little bit around the surrounding area. Uh, what we do is we take a sort of journalistic approach to uh, presenting ghost stories and active hauntings that are going on in and around our area. And what I ended up deciding to do was try to create a show that was a little bit different. When it was coming out in 2017, I was looking for something that would scratch my own itch. You know, I was looking for a paranormal show that had voices from people who were actually had the experiences of themselves. And sadly, there was hardly any podcasts out there doing it. It was a lot of ghost stories that were submitted to a host and the host would read them aloud. And it was still entertaining, but I knew I wanted to go a little step further. And then I ended up shooting myself in the foot and I went really intense with my investigative journalism. And I realized I created a a show that was really dynamic and in depth and it was captivating, but it was a lot to produce. (laughs) And then I ended up being like, well, I can't go back now. I got to keep this train rolling. So my show is maintain that sort of steam ahead approach and we're just going on investigations and these cases take sometimes three to six months to solve and work through and then it produces into like a little short mini series like three or four episodes long each each time we do a certain location and that's what the show's
1: kind of about amazing so yeah we spoke briefly before uh we hit record and uh, just for anybody listening to this so i kind of said to you that this the premise of our show is a kind of similar. So. We get people on board and they tell the ghost stories in their own words. But um, yeah, for anybody listening to this, go listen to The Night Owl because Stephen does it a thousand times better than I ever could. <laughs> anybody listening to your show can hear how much thought and effort you put into each and every episode from the research and the guests you get on board telling their amazing stories down, even down to the small uh, minute details like the music used in the background. So what is it that got you into the paranormal? Was it something that happened from a young age or did something spark your interest in later life?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of what happened in my early childhood. Um, Started with just growing up in where I'm I'm from. It's South Texas. I also don't look it, but I'm half Hispanic and I grew up with my Hispanic family. So there's a lot of folklore and talk of witchcraft and, and legends and lore like that. And there's a lot of like, ghost stories that have been passed on and down in in that culture that I was handed with by my grandparents and my family. And where I live, it's out in the middle of nowhere. So it's kind of like I was really interested in that as a, at a young age. But then when I got to be around 10 or 11, I had a personal paranormal experience that really shook me. It wasn't like you're oh, I saw something and it was interesting. Or, you know, I got a little spooked by something coming off of a shelf or something. This was a full-on, full-bodied apparition that visited me in my bedroom when I was really young. And it was something that had a buildup too. I started to sense something. I started to have things happening all around me in the house. And it culminated to this one night where I had my first physical sighting ever. And it terrified me. It wasn't something that was like, oh, this is cool. I've been waiting for this. Or, I wasn't trying to have an experience and it shook me so much that I could not stay in my room and I had to start sleeping downstairs. Uh, I was an only child and my, my mom and dad had saved up for many, many years and bought a two story home and a big plot of land out in the middle of nowhere. And it was a freshly new built home. So I had no, you know, what, what stories and movies and books have led us to believe is that old houses are haunted or old places are haunted. So it's a very interesting thing that my first haunting happened to be in a brand new built home out in the middle of nowhere in South Texas. And uh, that always had my brain thinking and no one really believed what happened to me because I didn't open up right away. And as I started to dive into research on my own as a young kid, I realized there were a lot of people that had experiences like this that they couldn't explain. So it led me to be like, well, I want to be a voice for those people, too, because I didn't have someone. I was an only child. I didn't have a brother or sister. I could go and confide in and say, you're feeling this, too, right? So my show hopefully lends a voice to a lot of people out there that had similar experiences, and it might be a way that they can connect with and say, okay, I'm not crazy. I have seen something, and many of these other people have, too.
1: I love that, and I love how much you know meaning there is behind your show. It's not you haven't just one day decided that, oh, you know, I'm kind of interested in this and you know, it's, it's got a lot of, um, in, of history from your life. And yeah, that, that's a really nice way um, that you put it in words there. Just out of interest, what's the general concept uh, or, or of the paranormal field in Texas? So I can imagine like a lot of people there are very, you know, straight to the point and maybe think that this kind of stuff is a bit out there or so, yeah, how do general, what do you call them, Texans? Yeah. <laughs> how, does, how do people in that area kind of feel about this stuff?
0: it's kind of unique in that I would expect a lot more closed offness and less open-mindedness, but I guess maybe it's also where I'm from. Austin is not like most of Texas, but I have to say growing up in a very, like, I am not this way, but I grew up in a very conservative town and the beliefs there were very religious, very, you know, you know, you have very strict religions there. I grew up in a Catholic household and it's definitely like seen as, it's either evil or it's god you know so you can't have the in between but i've noticed that even within my community of where i grew up they always believed in ghosts they always talked about it it was always a really open belief system there even though it might not be seen by certain structural structured religious orga- religious organizations that it's bad to even think that these people still did they still were like no i've seen this i've i witnessed this i believe in these things and when i started doing the show in austin much more liberal uh, open-minded city it's the most open-minded city in all of texas um it was really easy not a lot of people were they weren't closed off to this they're very open to it and even though i'm branching out and going into smaller towns now outside of austin i still see this the same welcoming uh type of uh vibe with everyone so i'm really glad that it's not something that's as taboo as it might have used to been um and in texas the community although it is got its you know it's definitely got its problems i'm not proud of a lot of things that this state um you know is known for um but to my surprise there's still an openness to all this and there's also a kind of a general like welcoming kind generous attitude with the the demeanor of people here
1: As somebody who is well-researched on this topic, what is your opinion on what ghosts or spirits maybe are?
0: Yeah, it's been, you know, it's ever evolving with what I do. And I think that's why I wanted to do what I do is I wanted to get a better understanding of that. And I have, I've, I've, again, it's never something I can say is concrete, but it's like developed my own perception of what it is right so what i say here on the show i'm not telling everyone this is the truth this is what you need to believe i love how i've learned through my show and doing these cases because i've gone through some really profound experiences that you have to have those experiences yourself to for them to be valid and to be true and you know i've captured incredible photographs but as soon as i as soon as i saw the photograph i immediately was like i know if someone posted that and I was just seeing the photograph, I would just immediately dismiss it and be like, I didn't take that photo, so I can't say that that was not doctored. So for me, I'm going through this process of being like, I know this is valid because I experienced it and I'm going to share it, but I'm not going to force anybody else to believe it. You know what I mean? Because I understand, like I know I wouldn't believe it if I saw it. And I wasn't there for that particular moment to, to debunk all the things that could explain it. So with me, I've learned... Several things, like the majority of the cases we've been on, we're on episode 47, coming up on episode 47, 40, you know, 40 plus cases we've gone on. And what I do is I use a team, right? I have a really good friend of mine, Alexis, who's an incredible spiritual practitioner. He has studied so many different cultures and religions, and he does actual spiritual healing, cleansing, things like that. And then I also work with psychic mediums who I've developed relationships with. And the way I develop those relationships is I take them on cases without any knowledge. And that, I know that's something y'all have to trust that I don't give them that info, but I know I don't because I specifically work so hard to keep them in the dark, even transporting them and in some cases, blindfolding them. So going through that process with psychic mediums, my friend, my team members, seeing everything we have on these last 40 plus cases, I've learned a lot about what I believe ghosts are. And it's not far fetched from what has been written about for centuries. You know, it's like spirits that are at unrest, that need something, that have a story to tell, or just are trying to get a message across. And that's the majority of the time what I'm finding is that's what these energies are. They're rem- remnants from the past that were once living beings that are inhabiting property a land an object that was once theirs a house that was once theirs or they're even drawn to a personality that is very similar to something that might have been in their life like a man that might have be very much like their husband and they moved into an area where they passed away and so then their spirit is sort of drawn to that person's energy there's a lot to do with energy that i've found with the spirit world and it doesn't always have to be an old decrepit house Where someone died horrifically and to be haunted. It can be any of those things I mentioned before.
1: I think that may be probably the best explanation I've ever heard anyone say on this show, to be honest. And I totally agree with what you're saying. And going back to what you said first, I can fully understand a skeptic's point of view until you've had an experience that you cannot explain logically. Only then can you begin to understand that maybe this world just isn't as it seems, and it's not just black and white. You explained in your earlier life, uh, some of your experience really, really scared you. Does it still terrify you? Um, It's funny, isn't it? Like, many people that I've met since doing this show, you know, have experience, including myself, we have experiences, especially in early age, uh, get scared senseless, and then yeah we're the ones that go on to make paranormal podcasts <laughs>
0: yeah i i feel like it's gotten better i i it's funny cuz that is the one thing that like i love horror films right but like gore slashers monster movies zombie films uh, that's all fun like when i watch those horror movies i'm entertained when i watch a really well written paranormal film that's more realistic um done less over the top or or sensationalized that those kind of eerie especially from japan things like that would get me like because i it took me back to that moment where i saw that girl in my room and how she crawled to my bed and those images were like so visceral and real to me so when i see that in a horror film i still get a bit triggered and when i'm going on cases at sites where people are reporting things like you know I've seen a tall shadow man down in the basement and he stares at me when I go down the stairs. So obviously when I'm going down the stairs at night to go there, I'm getting those sort of same uh, uh, kind of triggered ideas of like, man, I remember that girl at the foot of my bed. You know, I remember these things and they create these sort of feelings. They're still there. I definitely have become a lot more brave because I find myself crawling under. You know, I remember my psychic saying, that spirit is crawling under this house in a little uh hatch and she's like he wants you to follow him and i did and i didn't even think twice about it but then when i'm down there you know under this house in the dark i only have my cell phone to light the way my psychic medium's like he's crawling right beside you and trying to take you to where he wants you to find this object that's missing and in that particular case we ended up we did find out where this object was but it wasn't the way that spirit had wanted us to find it but it was a very serendipitous way in which i uncovered this object uh which was very uh, i don't know those are those are the profound moments that i've had but like i said it i think i am braver because i would never have done that in my youth but i am definitely like eager to now tell these spirit stories because i'm learning that they're just human they were once human beings that are now don't have a body And I'm not as afraid of that anymore as I used to be. And a lot of times you get scared by the unknown. Like with my story, that girl was terrifying to me. I ended up going and facing that haunting and learning a lot more about her that made her very sweet. And I realized she was just trying to tell me something when I was a kid. And that story was very moving as well. And that's in my series as well. when my psychic medium picked up on her presence. And led me back to my hometown, which was really cool to go investigate my very own origin haunting, which I called the origin series on the, on the show.
1: Wow, you are a lot braver than I am. <laughs> uh, where, so where can people find that, that specific episode with the uh, girl crawling?
0: Yeah, I called it the girl in my room. Um, and that is, I started it off by, it's called Origins. And it's Origins Part 1 and Part 2. The first part is me and my my really good friend, Alexis, who's on the show, telling our own childhood ghost stories. So it's like I we're sit, we sat out here at a campfire in the backyard of my house and we told our ghost stories because everybody had been asking us to do that. And then I segued into this really cool hidden episode of where my psychic medium had done something incredible. So little tidbit on that one. We've been on cases with a psychic medium named Sarah, who's a phenomenal psychic medium that we worked with and developed with her. And she was on three cases with me. And then she started to see something and she never told me about it. Come to find out, she was seeing what I saw in my bedroom when I was 11 years old. And she, without knowing about that story, I never told her that at all. To a T, t, she described the girl that was in my room. And she says, she's with you. She's been following you. And she wants you to go back to your room and lay in your bed. And I was like. That was unnerving to me because that's the whole thing is after that night, I never slept in that bed. I drug my mattress down the stairs and slept in the living room floor for the rest of my young life from 10 years old, to 11 years old till I was 17, 18 years old. <laughs> so for Sarah to say, this is who I see wearing exactly the, she described the details and the hair and everything. And she says, she wants you to go sleep in your bed. I got chills all over my body and. So we began a journey of documenting that case of her going back to my hometown with me to face my 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 demons basically um and that was it yeah and that's called or- origins part 1 and 2
1: I'm lost for words uh, I haven't actually heard that episode but I'll I'll definitely be, be uh diving into that um so do your parents still live in this house yeah yeah Definitely do. I just was there for Christmas, so I went down for a holiday.
0: Um, I still don't sleep in the room.
1: <laughs> no, don't blame you.
0: I'll let you hear the episode. It ended on a good note, but I guess the trauma of what I saw is it's still very haunting. I can't use any other word to describe it. It's haunted me to this day. Um, and I'm excited for you all to hear that and learn that story because it was a really, it really, it really, Embodied a lot of what the show has already done. It's dispelled a lot of the sensational ideas of hauntings and the paranormal. But I didn't set out to do that. I just wanted to capture what I think is the truth. And what we're doing is, I think with television, movies, books, it has to be this way. Well, they think it has to be this way because it's been done this way for years. They think that the groups that are watching this stuff want. To be scared. Like they need to be scared to be entertained. And so what they do is they sensationalize the fear factor of it all, right? What is, they think what's important about the ghost story is how scary it is. I think where my stories and my investigations have taken me is like, you're, you're, it's doing something different. You're a little un, uneasy in the beginning because you're hearing all these stories of people seeing something very terrifying. But where the show takes you is that it explains and figures out what that is what they're wanting and then it becomes a story that's quite sweet and powerful and moving and most of the people that listen to the show are in tears by the end of each series because of how emotionally moving they are um so i like that we're doing something that's a little bit different than most of what's done in the paranormal world where i think we've come to this sort of monotonous routine of like repetitive we know what they're they're going out with gadgets to try to like get a spike or make something seem like it's scary um, when we don't use any of that gear at all. We don't use detectors or meters. We're just using our own bodies and our minds and our using investigative journalism and doing interviews and doing historical research, cross-examining witnesses, using psychic mediums that are blindfolded. And then we gather all that and be like, what is the answer to this? Who is haunting this place or what is haunting this place? So
1: it's been a lot of fun. It does feel like, I mean, I've said it a million times on my show. But it does feel like us in the Western world are just so out of touch with our spiritual sides. And yeah, like you say, we have to rely on this on technology. Um, which maybe it which probably is just pushing us further away from discovering. Um, you know, back hundreds of years ago, they didn't need any of these tools or little cat balls that light up to um to to, you know, speak to these spirits and stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, it's it's nice that you're kind of sticking to our primitive roots, and do, and doing it that way. So moving, uh, going back to some more, some more of your episodes, what would you say is your personal favorite episode or story that you've come across that's that's somebody else's, not yours, uh, in your years of hosting the Night Owl?
0: Man, it's such a hard question. I get I get asked that almost every time I'm on a show. <laughs> And I'm trying not to like always say the same thing. So I I mean, cause it is like, well, let me tell you this. Like there is everyone, truly everyone has been so special. Like every case because of the amount of time and effort we put into them. And then the journey we go on together as a team, like almost like a family. And then we're helping business owners or families in their haunted homes. We, we become close to everyone. So yeah, I mean, the most recent. I, there was a thing that, like, really to me was the most powerful case we've ever been on. And that is a case called The Demons That Haunt Us. It's a four part series. It's our longest series to date because it was an incredibly involved case. And it was a case during the pandemic when I was going through a terrible tragedy. So there was a lot going on emotionally within myself that wrecked me, and I needed to figure out where life was going to go from that point on. And I get a call from Alexis, my good buddy. And he's like, Hey man, I know you're going through a lot, but someone came into my shop today. He's got a a witch shop, like a, a spiritual shop in Austin. And she's like, he, she's desperate. She's in a hotel right now with her two kids. She's a single mom. She can't go back home because this, whatever's in their house has physically hurt her children. And she saw her son thrown and scratched. And I was like, I'm over here going through my stuff. I didn't think I was capable mentally and emotionally to handle a case of this magnitude. Because we'd never had a case where a spirit was physically violent with a child on top of anything. But I was pulled out of my, my pain to focus on someone else's. And I was able to heal through this case. So there's a lot of power in what happened on that case because like all the other cases too we were shocked at what it was we went in thinking this was something we were going to have to battle like serious battle i thought i was going to be in danger because when you go into a case where it could be something that could be potentially demonic which we've never encountered in any of our cases you don't want to be open emotionally spiritually mentally and I was all that because of what had happened to me. So I was really scared going in, um, especially when my psychic was getting to this location. And she pulled me aside and said, whatever's in there is already targeting you. She, it wants you. So I was, not, I was not ready to go in, but I did. And we, I don't want to spoil it, but it was a very profound case of new discoveries, new directions. And it really reinvigorated me to keep doing what I do even though I was questioning, should I keep going because of what happened to me? And that was a pivotal case for me and a pivotal, uh, series. I, I always recommend anyone listen to the demons that haunt us.
1: Yeah. And I got goosebumps just you telling that, let alone, uh, when I get, uh, stuck into the story. Yeah. Do you have any other paranormal encounters yourself? That's ha- that's happened to you that you'd like to share? Uh yeah, if so, I'd I'd totally love to hear them. So feel feel free to set the scene and get detailed.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, not a whole lot outside of my personal home experience and then what I've experienced on the show, because I don't do a lot of investigations beyond the show because I don't have the time. Um, but things have followed me home from cases. Um, one particular entity. I don't like to say his name much because he he does like to mess with me when I when I give him the energy. <laughs> but it was a location called the tavern. It's one of my first episodes. It's the second episode series I did ended up being three episodes long and it's a very old pub, a tavern bar here in Austin one of the oldest actually. And it had a dark story for its history. Um, One that I didn't expect when I got there, it unraveled and I was like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting when I took on my second case. And I thought it was just going to be a, couple of spirits roaming around things happening at the bar but it was like no a child was um i don't know if you want to mention this you can beep it out was raped and murdered and stuffed in the wall there um and i did not expect that and what unfolded on the series that was we were there taking a psychic there without her knowing anything was shocking to see what was unraveling as we were there and The male presence that did this horrible act, we ended up finding, because he's never been solved. This case has never been solved. We ended up finding who he was. And we believe we found him with the work of psychic ability and my historical research. We found this really, like it lined up everything. And when I found him, I was online. I remember that night I was here at this computer. I found him and I, we talked, I called the psychic. I said, you got to tell me. send me a picture of what this guy looks like. And it was this guy. And we just both agreed we found this person. Um, He was going by the name Walter. Whenever we found him, his name was not that. But there was a lot that the reason why he would have used an alias was clear. It was a brothel. He was a politician. And so we were like, okay, he's not giving us his real name. But we found him. Well, as soon as I found him that night on the internet, I went to go lay down in my bedroom. And this has never happened ever and not before or since. But as I was going to sleep, uh, a deep male voice just got right in my ear and just said, Steven, like really loud. And I was like, oh. And so I checked in with my psychic and she goes, oh, he's, he's, he immediately knew that you found out who he was and he's threatening you not to reveal who he was because he was of high status. And so I began the journey of like, what do I do with this information? It's not, you know, we can't prove it. It's a psychic reading. So I ended up not disclosing the information just because he has family living, things like that. It's just not something I can prove. Um, But when we go do events there, he likes to, to mess with me and continue to do the voice in my ear and things like that. So yeah, that's one of the many experiences that I've had outside of what you heard on the
1: show. Dude, that is some heavy, heavy stuff. What do you do yeah. to protect yourself from spiritual warfare or evil spirits?
0: You know I've got amazing like I told you my friend Alexis is my right-hand man when it comes to this stuff and that's why I feel so safe. I don't like I don't ever go in a case if he's not able to make it. Um he has studied so long and so hard. He's written books on spiritual practices. He knows how to protect and how to to banish anything if you need to we don't do that unless we have to we never really have but he's got the power and i've seen his work firsthand it's and every time we do something and i check in with clients they report back it's gone like it's we're we're back to normal i trust in his abilities and he's taught me ways he's blessed certain things that i wear and every time i do stuff i have my own methods i he taught me how to do spiritual cleanses in my house and i do those regularly. Just for continual, like routine maintenance is what it is. Cause I do this work every day. I was editing a new case last night. I realized if you're putting energy toward the spirit world, my friend told me the spirit world is going to notice that. And so you're opening yourself up by doing this work. You got to be able to protect yourself and keep your space clean and, and safe. So I do perimeter cleansings. I do like protection spell, you know, protectors, cleansings, things like that over the house that's steeped in my own cultural traditions. Alexis is Hispanic. Also, I grew up with my Hispanic family. I really like a lot of the Hispanic traditions of using copaleros, which is like a like a clay uh, cup dish that you burn um, charcoal in and you burn incense on it like resins. I do that throughout the house, things like that.
1: Stephen, you've been an amazing and probably one of the most um, interesting guests I've had on this show. Uh, You are an intriguing speaker, and I already know that people that listen to this podcast, this podcast, sorry, are going to be straight over to the Night Owl. I can't wait to dive into some more of your episodes, uh, some of the ones that you've been speaking about, uh, and especially after getting to know you a little bit more over this episode. Uh, do you have any last words or anything you'd like to promote or shout out
0: i just really appreciate you having me on man i'm going to definitely uh check out your show and promote your show as well i I found you as a very very gracious host so i appreciate that um with me if y'all are interested in anything paranormal check out the show we have a website we have um uh, things that, go, if you ever want to support us, we have a Patreon page that has bonus content, stuff that are really, really unique that you don't get on the show, behind the scenes, follow up interviews with guests, and uh, other cool findings and things that we do. Um, other than that, I just hope everybody out there can find the show and digs it.
1: Amazing. Thank you for coming on. Thanks.